Now, folks, what I'd like for you to do at this time is I want you to, once again, we're going to get back to the series that we were doing, turn to John chapter 16. John chapter 16. We're going to look and focus on verses 1 to 15. In fact, we're going to wrap up our series today. And remember, our series has been about the issue that you and I are not alone. You and I have this sense in the world because Jesus is not with us that we, for some reason, are alone and that we must live the Christian life alone. But that's not the way that Jesus set it up. Jesus didn't set it up that way. He didn't prepare his disciples to go on and teach future generations of disciples how to live in this world. In fact, he didn't leave us alone. And that's what we've been talking about with these last, this is week six, the last five weeks that we've looked at this series. So today, I want to take it one step further, and we're going to look at it in the final discussion here in chapter 16 from what is known as the Upper Room Discourse before you get to chapter 17 where he has his high priestly prayer before he's taken in the garden. And what we're going to examine today is that the reality that Jesus is not here and that we, well, it seems like we're alone, but we really aren't. The way that things are right now is because it was according to his plan. And the reality is, is that he had to go. Jesus had to go. Now, a lot of times we don't think that way. We would think, man, it would be awesome if Jesus was here. Why did he have to leave? Why couldn't we just have Jesus? Why didn't he just go ahead and set things up the way he wanted them set up? Well, what we're going to see is, is that he had something else in mind, something for you and I to grasp something for you and I to reflect upon. And so what we're going to do today is look at chapter 16 and focus on verses 1 to 15. And again, we're going to talk about the helper, that you and I are not alone. But before we look at what these verses say, I just want to address a couple of misconceptions that you and I have that really, to be honest with you, dictate a lot of things in our lives. But these are things that you and I need to reflect upon. So here's the first misconception that I, I want you to see. We struggle with the thought of going it alone spiritually. We struggle with the thought of going it alone spiritually. Most of us, can I be honest with you, live in a continual state of spiritual defeat. We know what Jesus wants for us. We know what God is wanting for us from the scripture. And it just seems impossible. Oftentimes, the things that we're told to do are the exact opposite of what we want to do. And that causes some to be angry. That causes some to walk away. Because we have this misconception that we're supposed to go it alone that I'm supposed to live this life by myself. And I'll be honest with you, the church world helps communicate that. The way we talk about people and the way we put people down in some ways, it's like, well, they couldn't do it. They couldn't handle it. They couldn't go on. 
And, and it's all of it is, is the emphasis on the person and whether or not they can go it alone spiritually. But the problem is, folks, that is a total misconception. Because the fact of the matter is, you and I are not supposed to live this life alone. In fact, we can't do anything right spiritually by ourselves. In fact, isn't that what he told us in John 15, verse 5? Listen to what he says. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. So the reality is, is that we've got this misconception. We're struggling with this reality that we have to go it alone. Go it alone. So that's what I want you to see there. Which brings us to the second misconception, because we think we're having to do this by ourselves. Here's the second thing that we, we wrestle with. We often feel abandoned by God. We often feel abandoned by God. We often think because we're going alone, God's not there to help us. And when we face those difficult situations or those difficult temptations or those difficult trials where we just feel like we don't have strength anymore to get us through them, we feel like we are so alone. We feel abandoned. We get frustrated. Wondering, why did you call me to this? This is not what I signed up for. Not that we would know what we signed up for when we come to Christ. But those are the things that we think about. We, we often feel abandoned by God. Now these, again, are total misconceptions that you're supposed to go it alone spiritually, that we're abandoned by God. Can I be honest with you? They're, they're not just misconceptions, they're lies. They're lies that you and I have embraced and the reality is, is you are not alone. And the reality is, is that the fact that Jesus is not here right now is because he had to go. So what I want to do right now is focus on what the scripture tells us. In John chapter 16, we're going to look at verses 1 to 15. And we're going to try to glean some things as we close out this series. And you might be surprised by what Jesus says. So here we go. Let's look at this together. We're going to start with verse 1. Here's what John records Jesus saying. These things I have spoken to you, that you should not be made to stumble. They will put you out of the synagogue. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think he offers God service. And these things they will do to you because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things I have told you that when the time comes, you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. But now I go away to him who sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I've said these things to you, 
Sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment, of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father, and you see me no more, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Now, here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to take these 15 verses and really we're going to focus on two specific sections here that we see. There's kind of a progression here in Jesus' thinking. We're going to see, first of all, that everything that's happening with his disciples up to the point of his leaving was all part of his plan. We're going to see Jesus' plan in verses 1 to 6. And then we're going to see that the, the fact that Jesus is not here. Are you ready for this? The fact that Jesus Christ physically is not with us right now as much as we want him to be, it's our advantage. We're going to see that in verses 7 through 15. And so let's take a look at this together and understand, again, the reality that you and I are not alone. So when we look at verses 1 to 6, I just want to focus on two things here. So let me read you these verses again. Here's what Jesus said. These things I've spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble. They will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time will come that whoever kills you will think he offers God's service. These things they will do to you because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things I have told you that when the time comes that you may remember that I told of them. These things I do not say to you, did not say to you in the beginning because I was with you. But now I go away to him who sent me and none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. All right, so here's the first thing I want you to see about Jesus' plan. Jesus prepared them for the reality of his departure. Jesus prepared them for the reality of his departure. He has spent three years with them up to this point. Three years of intense discipleship, teaching them about prayer, teaching them about who God is, teaching them about what God's plan is. And he's been preparing them for the reality of his departure. Now, they didn't grasp that he was going. We understand that by some of their responses. We've seen those already. 
But the reality was, is he was preparing them, preparing them for the difficulties that were ahead. For instance, he talks about them being put out of synagogues. That's talking about persecution. He's also talking that some of them will even kill them. He's talking about martyr them, and that those who martyr them will think that they're doing God a service by getting rid of them. So he's preparing them for the reality that life isn't going to be easy. All right, did you hear what I said? He's preparing them for the reality because he's not there that life isn't going to be easy. Now, you and I need to grasp that point. Why? Because we have this misconception in North American Christianity that everything's supposed to be wonderful. God wants me to be happy, so therefore I shouldn't have any problems. I should have good health, and I should have lots of money, and everything should be fine. And the reality is, the reality is, that's not what he was preparing them for. He was preparing them for the reality of the world. And the reality of the world is this. You and I are going to have problems. We're going to have problems. That's his plan. That you and I would function in this world without Jesus' physical presence. He prepared us for the reality of his departure. Here's the second thing I want you to see. They were upset that Jesus would not be physically with them. Now, what I want you to see with this point is, is that for three years, he's been with them. Three years, they followed him. Three years, he has taken care of them. He has taught them. He showed them about God. He's helped them through difficulties. Remember, they were going across the Sea of Galilee in a, in a storm. He's asleep. They're like, Master, we're going to die. He gets up. He calms the sea with his words. They've watched him do miracle after miracle. They're thinking that they can do anything with him. And now he's talking about what? He's talking about the reality that he's going to leave them. This was his plan. We can understand how he's feeling. Because how do you face life without Jesus? You and I know that reality because we often feel like that. We're, we're facing life without Jesus. Jesus, how am I going to get through this? I don't know how I'm going to get through this. They were upset with the reality that Jesus wasn't going to be physically with them anymore. But here's what I want you to see. What seems distressing to you and I, what seems, well, what seems to be so crazy to us that here we are, we have faith in him, we're trusting in him, but it seems like we got to go it alone. Again, we're operating under those misconceptions. We feel like he's abandoned us. Well, he comes along and he tells us in the next few verses, 7 through 15, that the fact that he's not going to be with us here physically is to our advantage. We actually benefit from him not being here. How's that possible, George? Because when I'm in the midst of it, I want him to show up. But it's actually to your benefit. So notice what he says here. Let's take it verse by verse. Let's look first of all to verse 7. Here's what he says. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. 
but if I depart, I will send him to you. All right, so here's the first thing I want you to see. Because Jesus went away, we would receive the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus went away, we would receive the Holy Spirit. Here's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, as long as I'm with you, you can't get the Holy Spirit. But as soon as I leave, when I'm gone, I will send the Holy Spirit to you, and he'll be with you forever. And, and, and think about it for a moment. If you think about the reality, Jesus in his physical body is, can he be everywhere at one time? No. So when you think about the number of believers, let's, let's just take the folks here in our own church. If you think about who gathers here for church, and you think about where we live, we live as far away as Frenchville, over towards Dubois, and we're in Clearfield, and Kerwinsville, and in the surrounding area, and townships, and everything. Jesus can't physically be in every single one of those places. But his spirit can. Because his spirit dwells within each and every one of us. So it's to our advantage that Jesus left. That's the point he's saying. Because he went away, we would receive the Holy Spirit. That's the first thing I want you to see. That's to our advantage. Here's the second thing I want you to see. Here's what the Spirit's role is. And you and I need to understand that. The Holy Spirit convinces the world of sin righteousness, and judgment. He convinces. Now you say, George, wait a minute. Now my Bible says he convicts. The word convict there also could be translated convinces. And he is the one who convinces the world of sin. Now this, is a, this should be a mind-blowing thing for you and I. Because here we are, we're trying to tell others about Jesus and we're wondering why don't they hear us? Why don't they see what I see? Well, I'll be honest with you, even your most eloquent words aren't going to convince them. Only one person can convince them. Who's that? The Holy Spirit. Now, here's what he convinces them of. Three things here. I want you to notice with me what he says here in verse 8. And when he has come, he will convict the world or convince the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment, of sin, because they do not believe in me. He is the one who convinces people of their sin. They're not going to see their sin unless the Spirit of God convinces them. Do you understand? Here's the other thing. He convinces of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. So when we think about the righteousness of Christ, he is the one who helps us to see it now. Well, it would be easy if Jesus was here for us to see it, but you and I are helped along in our faith in understanding the righteousness of Christ because the Holy Spirit is the one who convinces us of that. Here's the other thing. Of judgment, verse 11, because the ruler of this world is judgment. He is the one who convinces the world that there is a judgment to come. There is a day of reckoning because the ruler of this world, Satan, is convicted and judged, and will endure punishment for eternity. This is what the role of the Spirit is. 
for you and I that we see here. So that's the second thing. That brings us now to the third thing that I want you and I to see. Look with me at verse 12. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them. Now, here's what I want you to see. We cannot handle knowing all truth at one time. We can't handle it. People like to say, well, I think I know everything. That is the most bogus statement anyone could say. Well, I've studied enough. No, you haven't. The reality is, is that when it comes to the things of God, when it comes to the things of the relationship with the Lord, you don't know all things. You can't handle all things at one time. In fact, that's what he was saying to them that day. I have many more things to tell you, but you can't bear them right now. You can't handle them. That's the reality here. And that should be a comforting thing to you. And you know, as I think about it, you know, I've been a believer since 1985, so for 35 plus years, I've been a believer in Jesus. Now, I'm going to explain something to you. I learned a lot when I first came to Christ. But that was hardly anything compared to what I know now. Because as I've gone along in my life, in my walk with Christ over these 35 years, I've grown to understand more about Him, more about prayer. I'm still constantly learning about the reality of prayer, even now of just talking with him about the relationship. More about his word and the, and the reality of his word. More about his church. More about his plan for us. And we see that here. And that is so powerful because the fact of the matter is you and I can only handle a little bit at a time. Nobody drinks from a fire hydrant, folks. We drink from a water fountain, right? Well, we can't these days. But the point is, is you can't handle it all at one time. That's what he's saying. It's all part of his plan. He has to go because we can't handle it. Why? Because the Spirit. Why? We're going to see that here now. Look with me at verse 13 through 15. Here's what he says. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine, therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Now here's the final thing I want you to see about our advantage here. Here's the reality. The Holy Spirit will guide us into truth and glorify Jesus to us. He's the one who guides you into understanding. He's the one who guides you into truth. And he is the one who glorifies the reality of Jesus to you. Your understanding of Christ only happens because the Holy Spirit gives you that understanding. 
your understanding of how he works in your life is only because he is guiding you into truth. Remember, I told you, you can't handle everything. Well, the reason why you can't handle everything at one time is because you're not able to. But as you go about life, he is the one that guides you from one truth into another to the point where you mature and you become all that you need to be. He's your helper. He's the parakletos, the one who comes alongside of, the comforter, the counselor, the helper. Now, this is so important for you and I to grasp. Again, think about our misconceptions. We think we're supposed to go it alone spiritually. Well, that's not possible. There's no way you can go it alone. You need the Spirit's help and guidance, period. You think you're abandoned. That's because Jesus isn't here right now. Well, Jesus said, I have to go away. It's for your advantage. I'm sending the Spirit who lives within you, so you are never alone. You're never alone. You're not abandoned. In fact, he told us that in the earlier part of the discord, didn't he? When we looked at this a few weeks ago. That he will not abandon us. He loves us too much for us to be feeling this way. But the reason why we feel this way is because we listen to those misconceptions which are basically lies. So really, what does that do for us now? Well, let me just kind of wrap it up for you with the one thing that we've been talking about over these last few weeks in conclusion. It's really this one thought, and I need you to see it, okay? You have to start seeing the bigger picture of your faith. You and I have to start seeing the bigger picture of your faith. What is the bigger picture of this faith? The bigger picture is, is that you have put your faith and trust in Jesus in the work that he has done for you on the cross, in the work that he has done in saving you and forgiving you and giving you a new relationship. And you live your life for him now, but it's not a life that you live alone. It's a life lived for him because his spirit was sent to live within you so that you can live that life. And so that's the bigger picture you and I need to grasp. We are not alone. The Spirit of God is always with us, guiding us, directing us, helping us as we live our lives for Him. And that, my friends, is what I want you to see and what I want you to grasp for your life. You're not alone. Don't ever entertain that lie in your mind. He is always with you. Let me pray for you.